Owning a small business can be overwhelming. How can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. There's so many places to reach customers. Email, text messages, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, live events. The list goes on. How are you, as the business owner, expected to own all of those channels? That's where Constant Contact comes in to help. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. I use this to grow my email list, and you should too. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. A little bit to the left. 11 yards shy of the record. Williams breaks a hole. Williams had a record book. Ricky Williams runs to the Hall of Fame. Touchback. Ricky Williams touchdown. Young from the shotgun. Back to throw. Vince looks. Under pressure. He'll tuck it in run. Vince to the five. Young. Touchdown, Texas. Touchdown, Vince Young. He's done it again. Longhorn Nation, we're back! Hello everyone and welcome to the Longhorn Country Podcast. I am your host Adam Blick, joined as always by my co-host and good friend Michael Gresser. Mike, how are we doing on this fine Thursday evening? We'll get it out to you guys on Friday afternoon. How are we doing? I'm fantastic, Adam. I mean, college football's right around the corner. Um, we just got through with Big 12 media days. So we're in the heat of SEC media days. So a lot of news happening all over the place and I'm eating it all up. Yeah. And Mike, the thing I love doing about the most about this podcast is every time we do it, we're one week closer to the college football season. Mm-hmm. So it is definitely upon us as we approach, honestly, now almost August. It's crazy how, how fast the time flies. But here we are, July 21st. Let's get into today's show, Mike. We're going to start off with the recruiting. I feel like we have to do every show with Texas recruiting because they're just dominating the field, getting a big commit after big commit. And I know you're going to go into depth on this guy who just committed for Texas, but Malik Muhammad, Mm -hmm. the 2023 class from South Oak Cliff uh, in the Dallas area, one of the top cornerbacks in the 2023 class, kind of, Talk me through what he brings to Texas and then also kind of the impact that he also brings for future commits. Yeah, well, I mean, this is a absolutely huge commitment for Sarkeesian and the staff. Muhammad is one of the top cornerbacks in the country. He's a chance to possibly be the consensus number one cornerback when it's all said and done. So just a monster uh, commit, one of the biggest cornerback commits Texas had in over a decade. So great job by the staff. Credit. Sarkeesian, Terry Joseph, Jeff Banks, and Chris Gilbert, who um, has a strong threshold in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. So um, just a huge, huge win. A little bit a little bit of background on his recruitment for the fans that don't know. Texas seemed to be really out of this recruitment uh, pretty recently. Then back in April, uh, they, were not to, they were not thought of one of the schools that Muhammad was hardly considering but then June rolled around. He started taking his visits. He, the Texas staff was able to get him on campus for an official visit, and they knocked it out of the park, as they always do on these official visits. And pretty much right from then, um, Texas was steamrolling in this recruitment. Arch committed a week later after Muhammad's official visit, and that kind of sealed the deal for him. Uh, his buddy, Jonte Cook, hopped in the boat pretty quickly after Arch committed. 
And um, so, and his cousin, Billy, uh, Billy Walton, also from South Oak Cliff, also uh, jumped into class. So a lot of uh, ties to this Texas class um, and not as many ties to the A&M class as it currently stands. So a lot of things were working in Texas' favor down the stretch. So just a, a great win. He's a, he's a true lockdown corner. Texas has not had one of these lockdown corners in a really, really long time. We talk about some of the great defenses of the past during the, uh, the, the 2000s era. Texas, all, all the great Texas defense had a corner they could just trust to like be on an island with a receiver. And Texas hasn't had that in a long, long time, but Malik Muhammad is that guy. They can just put on an island, trust that he's going to lock up that wide receiver, wide receiver one, whoever it may be, and uh, ha- put their worries elsewhere. Yeah, and Mike, you bring up the recruitment when the recruits come and their trips to Austin, and it just seems to be working as they keep racking up yeah. each commit as we move on into Dallas or into, excuse me, into July and to August. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if you know the specifics, what exactly are they doing on these recruitments? Because whatever they're doing, yeah. it's working. If it's a movie, if it's mini golf or a top golf, Whatever it is, it is working. So yeah. any idea, give the fans some knowledge about that. I mean, it is working, Adam. Like, for the guys that got on official visits in June, there's probably not going to be many when it's all said and done that do not commit to uh-huh. Texas. They have knocked every single official visit out of the park, and it's pretty unbelievable to, to watch in real time. So fans get excited whenever a, a guy schedules an official visit to Texas because they know there's a great chance that that staff's going to close. That's exactly what they did with Malik Muhammad. In regards to what goes on, I mean, Malik Muhammad actually put out a great uh, YouTube video. It was like a 40-minute video that I enjoyed watching of his official visit. And um, that was really the weekend that kind of Texas uh, took over this recruitment and, and started to lead. And and um, you saw every single coach on the Texas staff uh, had a conversation with Muhammad. Um, and they were all great conversations. He seemed to really connect with not just his position coaches, but every coach on the staff. So they were all involved in Muhammad's recruitment. Um, they did go to Top Golf. He went. He went to Top Golf with Arch Manning and some of the other guys that were on that official visit. I know they went to um, uh, Three Forks. I believe is the oh restaurant. great restaurant, yeah, yeah. <laughs> listeners. I've been there. Phenomenal steak. Yeah. Is it the best steak I ever had? Maybe not, but still very good. I'm sure he enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that was definitely big. You know, on these official visits, they're allowed to to spend a certain amount of money on the recruits. They can't spend any money when recruits come in for unofficial visits, but on the one official, they can spend a uh, considerable considerable amount of money. And um, I think uh, Muhammad certainly enjoyed himself. He um he brought his whole family he brought his whole family with him and i think that was huge i think his mom his aunt um everybody that was with him i think they all enjoyed it a lot got to talk to all the coaches and really just understand how uh devoted these coaches are to making sure these kids are going to have a a great time at texas and and um be in a, a position where they can thrive so I think all those uh, relationships that were built with the family were huge as well. Yeah, and I think it's safe to say Texas has just done a great job of making it a whole perspective of when these recruits come, mm-hmm. getting every recruit to meet every person on the coaching staff, mm-hmm. the players that come with it, yeah. give them the whole you know aspect of what Texas football means here in Austin. Yeah. And that's why I think it's driving them into the program and believing in the future of success of Texas football and it's you know it's overwhelming right now the amount of success that they're having on the recruiting trail yeah no it is overwhelming I mean 
like Muhammad's not a guy that was really on many Texas fans mind a few months ago. He was like really thought to be an A&M lock at one point, probably almost committed to A&M, but uh, Texas staff luckily enough sl- slowed that role and they were able to convince him to get on campus and it was, the rest is history. Yeah. And before we move on to the next topic, Mike, I just want to get your perspective on the impact mm-hmm. of the 2023 class and who could be next? Because I know there are some notable players that are, could be coming to Austin in the near future. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll talk about Muhammad's impact first in this class. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is an enormous name in the state of Texas, probably one of the top two biggest presence names in the Dallas Fort Worth area, along with Jonte Cook, who was also in the Texas class. So kids know Malik Muhammad. They know Jonte Cook. They're going to, they're going to listen when these kids talk about Texas. Um, so that, that's huge. And Malik Muhammad is going to um, recruit his tail off for this Texas class. And those other kids in the Dallas Fort Worth area, they're going to, they're going to listen. So big impact for the future of the class on, for Muhammad. But in terms of who could be next, um, there's guys that are certainly near, nearing decisions in the near future. A um, couple of names that come to mind are guys like uh, Braylon Shelby, um, talented edge rusher who re- recently released the final two of Texas and USC. Um, Texas feeling pretty good, but so does USC. That one could go either way, but huge need uh, given the um, lack of edge depth in the Texas roster right now. Other guys that could be nearing decisions are uh, – Linebacker Darian Gallette, who for a long time is thought to be a, a Texas lean and um, has yet to uh, make his decision known. But when it happens, uh, I think people expect that to be Texas. Another huge position of need. Uh, linebacker possibly could transition to an edge rusher at some point in his college career. Um, some guys that have actual dates marked on the calendar are uh, Cedric Baxter, possibly the number one running back in the in the class of 2023. Um, he started to pick up some momentum between him and Texas before um, or right when Arch committed, but really that was kind of being established long before Arch committed because uh, Baxter and Texas's new running backs coach Deshard Choice have developed a relationship dating back years when Deshard Choice was at Georgia Tech. And uh, I know how highly Baxter thinks of Tashar Joyce as a running back coach and a developer of the position. So I think the relationship that he has with Tashar Joyce is going to work out in Texas' favor. Yeah, so you're, you're telling me Baxter could be the next Bijan Robinson yeah. in the 40 acres of yeah. Austin, Texas. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, he, he, he's a, um, depending on who you ask, he's either one or He's either the best or the second best running back in this class, so he, he could absolutely be the next Bijan. Yeah, so the trajectory of Texas football definitely on the up, as we've talked about throughout the episodes that we've done recently, and we're going to talk about more Texas football as the season gets closer and closer, but we just wanted to give you guys another big commit for the Texas Longhorns. On that note, Mike, mm-hmm. let's shift gears a little bit. I feel like when we're talking about college sports nowadays – we can't not talk about conference realignment. It's like if you're eating pasta, you have to put tomato sauce on the <laughs> pasta because they just go hand in hand. And here we are with conference realignment. Let's first, before we get kind of the broader scope of things, first talk about the SEC and the Texas Longhorns and how that's going to affect the whole conference. So 
just two models for the listeners that don't know that they are being discussed right now as Texas and Oklahoma are set to join the conference in 2025. But if you listened to our show last week, make sure you go check mm-hmm. that out. It could be a year sooner, possibly in 2024, if the Big 12 gets the deal in terms uh, good with them as well. The two models, the 1-7 model, which means a one permanent team that you play year every single year in the SEC, and then seven rotating teams. So that's eight total conference games. And then you have the 3-6 model, which is three permanent teams in six rotating games. So, for example, in the 3-6 model, Texas could be playing Oklahoma, Texas A&M, and Arkansas every single year. Mm -hmm. And then six rotating teams, maybe like Georgia, Alabama, Tennessee, you name it. Um, But the thing is, you know, which model is better, which model will the SEC lean towards? And Nick Saban weighed in on this, Mike. Uh, He's big on more conference games because he wants more meaningful games in college football. And there's two ways to kind of dive into that. It's like you need your team. It's such a grueling season, especially now with the SEC, you add Texas, Oklahoma. You need kind of those gimme games against lower tier schools to get the confidence going get the schemes under you, you know, the reps, but you also want that meaningful non-conference game, at least one of them in the season. But as these conferences keep expanding, there's going to be less and less opportunities to get that non-conference game. So just talk to me, you know, a little bit, like what's your feel towards these models and just conference realignment specifically with the SEC? Yeah, well, I'll head on Saban's comments Mm -hmm. uh, first. He, He was basically saying that, He's in favor of more conference games yeah. because he's kind of worried that fan interests will drop if they play too many of these games where Bama's favored by like 40 points, which obviously everyone wants to see tight games that um, no one knows the outcome before the game's already started. So he, he's in favor of more conference games, more close games. And that, that that's understandable, and so so am I. So he he wants the that three six model. If it was up to him, he said he would uh he would have a ten conference game schedule, but that's probably not happening. Um, but in terms of um the two models themselves, I mean, n- there's really no indication right now which way they're going to lean. I do not believe Texas and OU have a say or a vote in in what uh, is going to happen with these. Uh, two scheduling models. I know they're a part of the meetings. I know uh, the, the UT and OU presidents are a part of the meetings, but they don't actually have the vote um, to sway it one way or the other. Um, obviously, a team like Alabama probably won't have an issue playing more conference games because they're Alabama. They don't have to play Alabama. But <laughs> yeah. other teams like like Missouri, for example, uh, they probably would maybe prefer to have a, a cupcake a cupcake game or two. They prefer to get out of the <laughs> SEC and play yeah. game and go in the conference USA the yeah. way they've played the last few years. Exactly, exactly. They they probably don't want to have a situation where they have to play more hard games than uh, they already do. So we'll see what happens. I mean, I think if uh if I was on this voting committee, I would I would go with the three six model. I love I love the idea of having three permanent um games each year three-year rivals possibly um there's no indication right now what uh those teams would be for texas i know both schools have been open about the fact that they want both they they want to play a&m um obviously we're going to keep ou as an annual rival that's not going away so uh three the third team could be up for uh debate 
And then the six rotating is great because you play all the other teams in the SEC at every other year. Mm-hmm. And you play the other uh, in both models, you play all the other all the other SEC teams every other year. So that works out. Um I mean, I'm interested to see what they do. I mean, this comes off the heels of the NCAA allowing conferences to do away with uh, divisions in order to have a, a conference championship. And we've already seen that happen with the ACC and the Pac-12. They're going to do away with, not do away with divisions, but they're taking the top two teams, regardless of division, and putting them in the conference title game uh, as uh, beginning this season so we'll see how that works out and i know the sec is interested in that too yeah and i'm glad that you brought up your personal opinion on the three six model because i was going to say i'm also in favor uh-huh. of the three six model just especially if you're a texas longhorn fan even honestly other a fan of any other team is you get if you have three permanent teams you could have three top-notch rivalries mm-hmm. every single year that you yeah. look forward to on your schedule and for texas it would work out where you get oklahoma you get texas a&m and, you know, you could argue for that 13, but, you know, personally, and other people probably agree, if you're a Texas fan, it's just get Arkansas. Yeah, and then yeah. you have three historic rivalries every, every year. single year. Absolutely. And then you still get the six rotating teams where you're playing every other SEC team every other year. So mm-hmm. I think that model is just a better way to move forward, especially with the SEC in conference realignment standpoints. On to Nick Saban's point, Mike, I just – I'm in, I agree with him. I want as many meaningful football games as possible. Mm-hmm. 10 is not realistic, but I think that the other reason why I'm in favor of the three, six model is I don't want teams to play four non-conference games yeah. because you're getting every single year in college football. You're going to have one really hard or, you know, decently hard non-conference game. Mm-hmm. And then the other games are usually cakewalks. Mm-hmm. And if you have four non-conference, you're probably getting three cakewalk games. There's mm-hmm. no need you two is plenty honestly you really only need one but two is fine get those three games in move to the conference for nine games and then you i want to touch on your point of the acc and the pac 12 i agree wholeheartedly with the top two teams because in the acc especially mike we've seen in the i think the coastal or i i might be mixing up divisions where eight four team is making the championship yeah. and then mm-hmm. they have to play Clemson before and getting absolutely demolished. Mm-hmm. I think one year with Virginia, they, yeah. they scored maybe six points and yeah. that was lucky that they even got six. Just give it to the top two teams where the college football season is so short where it's just 12 games. You know, every game means so much. You can't give it to a team just because of the division standings. So. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so, yeah, we'll see how that's tested out this year. I think it's going to be great. Uh, that's just going to make for better championship matchups. And so just to be clear, the Pac-12 and the ACC, they're not doing away with divisions entirely. They're still going to play a division yeah, schedule, yeah. but they're going to the take top, top two, two teams. teams. The, that's yeah. fine. Yeah. yeah. And the SEC, they are going to be doing away with the divisions entirely once Texas and OU join, and they're going to choose between these two models. Yeah. And so before we move on to the last segment of the show, Mike, let's talk about the Big 12 because mm-hmm. – Texas is still in the Big 12, I'm pretty sure, pretty aware that as of right now, 2025, the set date, we will see if it's faster than that. But BYU, or yeah, BYU, Cincinnati, UCF, and Houston are the four teams that are 100% joining the Big 12 for not this academic and collegiate season, but the following season in 2023. So Texas and Oklahoma are still going to be with those teams in 2023-2024 seasons. Talk me through 
that and how that's going to progress. Yeah, I mean, there's really no plan right now, concrete plan about what the schedule is going to look like um, once those teams show. It's going to be very interesting. It's going to be a 16, no, 14 team conference, I believe, mm-hmm. with uh, Texas and OU still in the conference. But we'll see how they do it. Um, they might they might do divisions for a year. Who knows? Uh, but that'll be certainly something very interesting. And um, there's been kind of some realignment news in the past couple of days. Um, it was reported a few weeks ago, I believe, by Dennis Dodd, who said that uh, the Pac-12 and the Big, Big 12 were in discussion for possibly a merger of the two conferences in order to position themselves in the best possible way to go up against these mega conferences in the SEC and the Big Ten. But uh, in the last couple of days, it's been reported that those talks of a merger have stopped. Um, the tail end of that is it still leaves the possibility for the Big Ten to maybe poach some individual schools that we know that they're interested in poaching. But in terms of a total merger of the two conferences, that is out of the question. So we'll see what happens. I still think uh, the Big 12 is interested in adding some schools if they can to try and bolster their conference a little bit more, especially once Texas and OU move on. Um, so we'll see what happens. It's going to be a very interesting couple of weeks, I think. Yeah, for sure. And, I, you know, we've talked about this off the show. Eventually, long way down the line, it could be just the Big Ten and SEC with, you know, a bunch of teams mm-hmm. in those conferences. But for now, you're kind of seeing, as I talked about last week, again, plugging it, go listen to last week's yeah. episode of the food chain of conferences, the Big 12 is trying to be that third conference mm-hmm. to still contend with the top SEC and the Big 10. Interesting, the ACC kind of in limbo right now just because the Notre Dame situation is really weird because of what they do in basketball and in football. They're in the ACC in basketball, but they're not. They're independent in football. They, I've heard reports that they really just want to stay independent in football because of their lucrative media rights deal with NBC that they get every single game during their schedule. So that's the main incentive right now for Dunder Dame. But there's just a lot that's going to happen over the next few years. It's going to be really interesting. So, Mike, before we get to Texas basketball, which is going to be our next point, just give me a few teams. Just get the juices flowing for me. That could be on the move. It could be anywhere in the country. Just give me something. Okay, well – I mean, the report specifically that Dennis Dodd uh, put out about the Big 12 being interested in uh, some schools, I, I believe we talked about this last week, but uh, the Big 12 is interested specifically, they're targeting um, Arizona State, Arizona, Colorado, and Utah. Those are the four teams that they are primarily targeting that they're trying to push in the Pac-12. And that could really happen any day. If tomorrow we could wake up from to report that says Big 12 expected to add Arizona State, Arizona, Utah, and Colorado in 2024. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? And the the same report by Dennis Dodd also mentioned that um, beyond those four schools, Oregon and Washington are under consideration as well. And I kind of take that to mean that the the Big 12 is doing their best to kind of stay regional, I guess, because Arizona, Colorado, and Utah, they're pretty close to the the Mm -hmm. current state of the Big 12. Uh, Oregon and Washington are pretty far away. So we'll see what happens. Uh, if there's going to be anything that's imminent, it's probably going to be something like that. I don't expect Notre Dame to uh, jump in a conference. If they do, it'll probably be the Big Ten. But at this point, 
Uh, it seems that they are going to stay put independent. Um, they like being independent, as Glick just as Adam just talked about. And with the ACC, I don't see any movement happening there anytime soon. Um, they have a pretty lucrative uh, grant of rights deal with ESPN that doesn't run out um, until 2035, I believe. So it could be a long time before any movement happens in the ACC. There have been kind of some reports that have been out there, but also downplayed about like Clemson, Florida State, Miami possibly joining the SEC. But that definitely is not happening. The SEC has pretty much shot anything down about the possibility to expand beyond past Texas and Oklahoma. They're not going to expand beyond 16 teams unless they absolutely have to. And that would look something like Notre Dame jumping in the Big Ten. If Notre Dame were to jump in the Big Ten, the SEC is probably going to make a move. Yeah, and basically if you're going to take just one takeaway from this segment that we just did on conference realignment, follow the money. That's what these schools are doing 100%. -hmm. A lot will happen, as we know, in the coming weeks, coming months. We will see that this thing is always ongoing, never-ending in this crazy world of sports, especially that we live in today. Mike, let's shift gears a little bit. You know, I love talking college hoops. Uh, Let's get into Texas college basketball, their non-conference schedule. A lot of teams coming out in the recent weeks as they plan foreign trips abroad, try to get some games in for their new teams. Texas basketball, they release their non-conference schedule. And the biggest takeaway before we jump into the games and some of the teams is they improved it huge from last year improved by a thousand percent they picked huge games against gonzaga creighton illinois tennessee and a pac-12 opponent to be named keep listening because in five minutes i'm going to give you my insider source of who that pac-12 team is going to be but those five teams tournament contenders at least four of them in gonzaga creighton illinois and tennessee you have four of them that just make the tournament every single year final four aspirations i think for all four of these teams this year, especially Gonzaga and Creighton, they're going to be both top five in the country. And both of them are coming to Austin to host or to play road games against Chris Beard and the Longhorns at the new Moody Center. Going to be an incredible environment. And then they also have some games that we'll get into. But Mike, just your any takeaway that you have looking at this basketball non-conference schedule? Well, I'm, I'm so happy they were able to schedule such a strong non-conference uh, schedule. I mean, last year, it was kind of a down year for the Texas non-conference schedule in terms of opponents. They had Gonzaga. I believe they had Seton Hall. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they, they had two uh, marquee games, but now they got four, possibly five, with uh, Gonzaga, Creighton, Illinois, and Tennessee, all all tournament teams, all potential teams that are going to be pushing for a Final Four uh, spot. So definitely exciting. I mean, yeah, it's not going to be a year where you just kind of looked at conference play. You're going to want to be locked in for – every non-conference game, it seems like, on this Texas basketball schedule. Yeah, for sure. And Texas playing Gonzaga and Crane at the new Moody Center, I think, is a great exposure for Texas basketball and Moody Center as Longhorns look to build, as they're doing with football, look to build their basketball brand. And Chris Beard, with the new arena, he's been huge on student involvement, student interaction, and I think that's going to be a great way, the condensed arena, to get the students to the game, make the game very loud and take an advantage to be at home in Austin for those games. Baylor Shireman, a name to keep your radar 
on in the Creighton matchup. That is December 1st, I believe, the date. The Gonzaga game is November 16th, both in Austin, as I mentioned. Then Illinois playing in the world's most famous arena, as we mentioned last week, Illinois in Madison Square Garden for the Jimmy V Classic, another great game. And then to round out, as they do every year in the SEC Challenge, Tennessee, Rick Barnes, former Texas Longhorn coach, they they played them last year, beat them in a thriller, 52-51. They play them again. And then, guys, I told you, I was going to tell you the Pac-12. I don't know if I should be doing this. I might get in trouble, but I'm not going to tell you my source. I did say that, but I'm going to tell you the team that's going to be. And you can you can quote me today that it's going to be this team. And you come back to, to this podcast later, and you're going to be like, wow, Adam Glick knew that he was right on that. It is going to be Stanford. The Stanford Cardinals wow. will be that Pac-12 team they played them last year in las vegas they won stanford trying to build the program as well there in palo alto they won't be that great but another great slate of games for texas basketball and then before we round out the show mike they play that game at gregory gym against ut rio grande valley as they did last year against sam houston state you were there talk about just for a minute uh just the environment that gregory gym and just how cool it is you I mean it's like three thousand people that can fit into that gym yeah and i mean it doesn't even matter who you're playing in that game that yeah. game was still one of the most fun games i've attended as a as a ut student i'm graduated now so i won't be attending that game because i believe it will just be for students again yeah and that's fantastic i mean i love that chris beard and the ut administration is doing that for students just uh it's just a such a tight environment the stadium's so so loud from start to finish and everyone's just jacked up and um i'm excited for ut students in this game uh, just absolutely memorable memorable experience for me as a ut student i'm sure it will be for everyone at this game yeah it for sure is it's just unprecedented in college basketball but i think it could be become more of a normal thing as we move on in the years to come i think it was seton hall or ruckers um, if i'm not mistaken that did it last year as well i think it was seton hall uh i think it's going to just be because this sport college basketball mike as you know it's all about the students it's all about the fans that's what makes the sport special in the moments and the upsets and the games i could go on forever but that's what makes it so cool is the fans and the students so that is a great job with Texas administration and Chris Beard and Del Conte are doing with that in that regard. Let's just, before we wrap it up, talk about the roster for people that don't know. Timmy Allen's back. He was one of the catalysts on this Texas Longhorn team last year. Dylan DeSue dealt with injury. He's back. You also add uh, freshmen in Arterio Morris, maybe. Well, we don't need to get into that right now. Rowan Brombaugh. If I pronounce his name correctly. And then they pick up a huge transfer guard. Tyrese Hunter probably going to be a starter for the Longhorns. Marcus Carr comes back. Another transfer in Sir Jabari Rice, New Mexico State. They beat New, uh, UConn last year. He was one of the premier shooters on that Aggie team. And then Dylan Mitchell, another star freshman. And then uh, two players as I continue here. Brock Cunningham's back. Everyone loves Brock Cunningham. And then to round it out, Christian Bishop makes his return. He will be a big presence download uh, at 6'7", and he was really good at the end of last season. So, Mike, any last thoughts about Texas basketball? What are you looking forward to for the season? I know it's still months away, but we we got to get a little excited about something other than Texas football, right? You have to be yeah. excited about Adam. I mean, and Chris Beard has, a, had a, has had a fantastic run of this offseason, adding some key pieces, most notably, in my opinion, is Tyrese Hunter. Mm-hmm. I think he's kind of that piece that – was really missing from the Texas roster last year, kind of a piece that 
could push this team into potential final four territory. Um, and wow. You said final four territory. If, if it's going to happen, it's going to be because of a guy like yeah. Tyrese Hunter. I found out that if he was not on this roster, I don't think they would uh, be making that sort of a run, but him, I think he's going to have a pretty special year. I think he could uh, do, do, do big things to the Longhorn. Yeah. And uh I, I like to take, I think, Tyrese Hunter. That's what they've been missing is elite guard play. No offense to Marcus Carr, but put the pressure a little bit of, off of him. Add another piece like Tyrese Hunter will be huge for the Longhorns moving forward. Mike, I mean, we'll be back next week. We're going to talk about fall camp. It's Texas football. It's coming up. But another great episode. Thank you for being with me. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Go check out longhorncountry.com the great articles and also our podcast. If you missed any episodes, you got to go check it out. I mean, we have some stellar content. I mean, I'm bragging a little bit, but (laughs) it's not me guys. It's Mike. So I want to thank Mike and for myself, Adam Glick. Thanks so much for joining us. And we will be back next week talking more Texas football and football in general. Thanks so much for joining us and we will see you next week. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.